You're listening to audio from Noest Anglican. If you'd like to find out more about us, visit noest.org. Well, hello, Norwest and friends and listeners to the podcast. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Going Deeper as we dig deeper into the themes and big ideas we're wrestling with uh, in our sermon series. And today, chatting with Al James. Welcome. Thanks, James. You've been uh, second week of our series uh, in uh, You Are Not Your Own. Just give us a soundbite of what you're hoping kind of us to to grab uh, from the sermon. Just kind of give us that high-level picture. Yeah, totally. I I think the main thing is I would love for people to know that they are known by God, all their flaws, all their foibles, all that stuff, all the negative stuff, as well as the positive stuff. And yet, even though they are known, they are deeply loved by him. They're redeemed, they're adopted, they're part of the royal family of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the comfort that comes from that. Yeah. So that came out of uh, Galatians 4, which Mm. we, we looked at today, which is a really rich passage talking about how we've been adopted um, as sons. Mm-hmm. And so there we have that kind of status uh, as, as heirs and we're given that experience of being sons by the outpouring of God's spirit um, so that we call God Father. Um, one of the things I think uh, is really intriguing about what you shared uh, and perhaps kind of rubs up against our kind of cultural wiring um, is this idea that God really knows us better mm-hmm. than we know ourselves um, because so much of our culture says, well, you, you, Al, you, you know what's best for you. You know, know yourself. Your heart tells you what. So just help us understand a little bit why that's true, that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I guess to start with, you're, you're absolutely right. Like it does rub up against us in, a, in an uncomfortable way because I think that our culture does very much play really heavily the card that, you know, we are the masters of our own destiny you know, who we are comes from the very pit of our stomach and, mm, you know, mm, comes mm. from within. And so when when we hear the idea that um, we are known by God even better than we know ourselves, that's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so absolutely. Like where does that come from? I, I guess uh, most foundationally it comes from the idea that we're created by God. Mm. Um, so if you, if you believe in a creator God, which I do and you do, uh, then uh, not only that but one that loves his creation as well, then, then I guess that idea that... Um, it, w- it was actually from the very pit of his stomach that creation came from. It was from the, you know, the very depth of who he is that creation comes from. Um, Psalm 139, that idea that he knows the thoughts, uh, you know, he knows the words that are on our tongue before they've even formed. Um, mm, mm. Uh, I think it's in Matthew, the idea that he knows every hair, you know, the number of hairs on a head, all that sort of stuff. And I think I think we struggle with that. I think we underplay that degree of knowledge that God as creator has um, of us. Mm, okay. And so there's that theme like, um, was it in Jeremiah about the heart is deceitful above all things? So like we think we know, but actually mm. our hearts deceive us. Mm. Um, do you see that kind of playing out like in any kind of good examples, obvious examples in a culture of just how we're kind of self-deceived and we sort of think we know ourselves and yet we display that we, we really don't? Um, well, I guess ooh, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Um, yeah, I guess there are those sorts of um, moments. I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I, our society definitely has this thing where it, it wants to push us to make a decision about who we are mm. And to rush that, and mm, mm. Um, uh, and to kind of 
to like make that decision and make that final and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that comes from the idea that we we are the ones who know what is best for us mm. and that kind of thing. So, so absolutely. I mean, the, the identity thing is huge at the moment and particularly, yeah, yeah. you know, I spend a lot of time with young people uh, and with, especially with their leaders as well. And people thinking about identity, thinking about um, the, you know, various questions of identity, who will I be and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, there is a real pressure to kind of curate an identity that is, uh, I guess unique and special and mm. meaningful and that mm. kind of thing. So that, mm. that's one example. Yeah, yeah. And that word curate is a really interesting one that you you kind of chose because um, it brings to mind like, you know, there's a museum or a, an mm. art curator who kind of has all these little treasures that they kind of put on show mm. and kind of pull out different ones at different times. Is that kind of the, the metaphor you're going with there? Yeah, I think so. Like mm. the, the idea that you can, oh, you can pull down a, you can, you know, experiment with your identity, experiment with yeah. your life a little bit until you find the, the thing that is really you. Yeah. I mean, the irony of, of, you know, like there's all these paintings in the storehouse, you know, so many options and yet there's such a, a small range that are uh, really the the most you, you yeah. that it possibly can. So, yeah, that idea of curating is like, mm. I guess, the, the experimenting yeah, um, and then think. you do a like an exhibition almost. That's what it isn't. You put out, this is me. Mm-hmm. This is what I want you to know about me. So here's my, yeah. I've pulled out the ones I want you to see and yep. project. Um, Absolutely. Because yeah. if, you, if, you if you don't express that to someone, then your kind of identity experiment is not complete. If yeah. no one knows that you are these or wanting to be these things, then, mm. uh, then yeah, the, the whole thing is incomplete. You mm. need that mm. affirmation from others to verify that yeah. who you are, your is identity good. is good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is the, we talked about last week is that kind of trap, isn't it? Of, mm. uh, you're in can, t- can um, complete in yourself, but yet you need everyone to kind of affirm that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so talk about, look, what's the kind of um, the, the value, the pastoral kind of delivery on the fact that God knows you better than yourself. Like how, how's that good for us? Yeah. Great question. And, and to be honest, this is the thing that struck me most as I've been preparing. Um, and even today as I've been, you know, I've preached it twice now, one more to go, um, and as we record this. But um, it's that that idea that if you are if you are known by God, fully known by God, He knows everything about you, all the good, all the bad, and the, the things that you think about, the things that you do, the things you wish you could do, all those sorts of things, all of the possible bad things about you, and yet He still loves you. Then there is supreme comfort in that, mm. um, because. You know, it's possible, I think, to um, to think, oh no, if I, if if what if what if this thing about me gets revealed, mm. you know, even something that I don't know about myself, and all of a sudden, oh, I become aware of this this horrible thing about myself. Well, God knows already. Yeah. So yeah. there's zero chance of rejection on the basis of that new yeah. revelation of who you are. Yeah. And uh, like for me, that's supremely comforting. And. You know, thinking about broadly speaking, there's two types of people in the world. This is this is you know a massive, massive sweeping generalization. That, that's yep. right, and you know, yep. and and equally so, we flip between them um, and you know go from one pole to the other. But um, thinking about the kind of two two kind of poles of people in terms of sin and awareness of sin, um, you might be like me, and I'm a, I'm the kind of person who. You know, I sort of go through life and I'm not thinking a great deal about my sin at a minute to minute, moment to moment kind of, um, uh, you know, basis. But there, there are people that I know and I've spoken to about this issue mm. who wake up at, you know, six o'clock or whatever and 6.02, they're thinking, oh, no, I had a thought that was bad. And, mm. you know, and they're, they're hyper aware of their sin. 
And that idea that God knows us better than we know ourselves, all of the foibles, all of the bad stuff, all of the sin is so comforting for both of those types of people. Because if you are hyper aware of sin, you go through the day and think, oh, another one, oh, no, another one, oh, another one. But God knows about that Mm. already. Mm. And so there is no rejection on the basis of any new sin that you can, you know, if you are in Christ, Mm. you are his. Mm. He Mm. will not reject you. And then for the person who is, you know, like me, broadly unaware of my sin, Mm. um, you know, repent, uh, you know, repent out of that. Um, But there is supreme comfort in that for that person as well, because I kind of go, oh, there must be some sin that I don't know about that is just massive. Mm. And yet God knows about it already. And so I'm a child of his. And even the ones you haven't done yet, right? Exactly. He knows what's coming. Yeah, yeah, the ones not, I haven't done, the ones I'm not even planning to do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, okay, so um, one of the things that kind of really came up, I think, was uh, you raised this really helpful tension that um, we live in this kind of world where we're, we're so insecure with our identity, and uh, and yet there is a day coming mm-hmm. when that will all be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we live now, and often that's referred to as the the now, but not yet. Mm-hmm. We kind of have Jesus and some a taste of the kingdom to come and yet not fully. Um, yeah, just love, here's some thoughts on how, how we kind of live with that tension well, recognising that it's a, it's a God-given tension and it's his plan. So um, we need to learn how to live well in that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that like that is that is a helpful kind of way to describe it, the now but not yet. We have been made new and yet at the end of all things, all things will be renewed. Um, and so um, like I, I guess one thing to kind of – to add to that, I guess, is that of course we can work on this. You know, mm. like we, mm. it's not, it's not that. Um, so I mean, one not of the to things settle I, for it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so one of the things I, I say, um, I said, I said, sort of towards the end, is this this idea that there is a day when all things will be put to right, and so we will be free from the slavery of um, slavery to affirmation that mm. we, we so crave that affirmation from others to verify that we're mm. okay. Mm. Um, there is a day, but that day is not now. Mm. And so, um, you know, we're never, never in this life going to be free from the pressure mm. um, because it's an external force. You know, our society, this is the air that we breathe all the time. And so we're never going to be free from that pressure. But just because there's pressure doesn't mean that we can't be aware of the pressure mm. and, I guess, fighting against it. Mm. And so, yeah, we like... We, we can in this life um, work on um, understanding our the affirmation and the acceptance that we have from God and mm. allow that to influence mm. us mm. in various situations, all kinds mm. of situations. Mm. Mm. Um, and so what, what happens is that we look forward to that time when we know it will all be good. We know that, that even, even when we know it will all be completely put to right, um, and yet we know that what we have now is full assurance and complete acceptance before God, so we don't have to worry about mm. that. Yeah, I think one of the things I've noticed in in kind of pastoral ministry is that um, one of the big things that kind of holds us back is we don't grasp just how much God loves us. Mm. And so you see it in Paul's letters in the New Testament. Is this, and I think it's a great thing to be praying uh, for each other that um, that we would more and more. Uh, have a real kind of conviction and mm. an experiential and a kind of head knowledge as well of of just how much God loves mm. us in Jesus mm. Christ and how secure we are. And the more that reality 
that takes hold in our hearts. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a it's a love and a knowing mm. that is so blessed and secure that will kind of everything else will look, you know, the the praise of others will be look cheap and tawdry compared to knowing actually mm. how the God mm. of the universe cares for you so much. Yeah, and that's that's that the way that Ephesians three puts it is mm. that you might know the love that is beyond knowledge. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, incredible. And yeah. I think I think as well, just sort of reflecting a little bit, um, we often I think. Um, uh, I guess rightly so as well. We often want to know what to do with this stuff. Um, and I do think that having that deep sense of identity will issue into behavior, will mm. issue into different, you know, the ways in which we live and that kind of thing. But I actually think that the primary kind of pastoral um, gold for this is not so much that it, you're not so much sort of downstream towards the actions, although that's important. Mm. But really, kind of reflecting on the truth of it, yeah. and so reflecting on you know just how much you are loved, and despite the fact that you are one hundred percent known, mm. Um, mm. it's just really profound. And so, mm. you know, as as a as a Christian believer, um, you know, if I can carry that with me into all the different kinds of interactions, whether it's at work um, or with my family mm. or wherever it is, if I can carry that deep sense of security, um, that uh, I am loved and accepted now. Um, and then add to that the kind of, you know, in the future, the eschatological future, that 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 acceptance and that affirmation will be 100% complete. Um, if I can carry that into my everyday um, actions, it will influence the way that I mm. kind of think mm. and feel and do. Mm. Um, yeah, because we are very much like, give me the three steps. Yeah. I've got to have activity, action, yeah. you know, got to be on the move and less of that kind of just being still with God. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the uh, phrases used in the sermon, which I really love, found very kind of intriguing, was this about we can actually um, do some work of creating spaces where we don't need to kind of create significance for ourselves. And mm. of course, you're talking about church and, and you know, idealized in terms of what church should be like and community groups. Um, love to hear more from you about how church can do that. Like, what what does it look like for a church to do that um, in the way that we kind of gather or the way we treat each other? Like, what what are your kind of thoughts there? Yeah, I mean that, that's it's a huge topic. Um, it's like it's a it's, it's a weighty, um, big kind of one to think about. And uh, like, and I think most helpful, I suppose, helpful to start in kind of recognizing that the body of Christ it gathers together. Mm. Um, it also scatters, and there's little outposts you might meet with people that kind of thing um, outside of kind of church times. But I guess at a at at a a small scale. I guess it's trying to remind one another and also um, be open to being reminded about that truth and try to live that truth as you as you interact with one another. Mm. Um, so it's really easy even in a church to kind of be competitive, mm. you know, oh that that person's getting more recognition mm. than you know than me, but and, but I don't I don't need recognition because I'm recognized by the God of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that person's been put into this position of leadership. That person's being asked for you know all these sorts of different mm. things. Um, but the reality is that the most fundamental part of you is that you are accepted by mm. God. And so you know, yeah. um, whatever human acceptance there is. Yeah. Um, and I, I I guess as well like you know that's sort of at the micro and then you know you gradually scale up to the to the maybe it's a community group or that kind of thing and then onto the gathering and i guess in terms of the gathering i think we we want to do all we can and imperfectly obviously to um both explicitly and inadvertent and sorry and implicitly um communicate 
the reality of these truths. Um, and so, I mean, what that might look like, that's that's sort of a week to week. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things, I think one of the points when we did the uh, Thick Religion series, one of the things that struck me is about when we, we say creed and we say mm. we believe, mm. that's a powerful kind of mm. corporate belonging that whatever is going on in your life, this this reality about God's story and you're part of his story so you will belong together. Indep- mm. And that's nothing to do with what you've done. Mm. Um, the other thing I think I, I remember um, sometimes uh, when Pete, our senior minister, interviews people and uh, particularly at farewells, he'll say what we've been really grateful is not so much we thank God for is not so much the things you did but for who you are. Mm. And I think that's those kind of moments are like reminders actually to be celebrate and thank God for who people are as his children, as mm. fellow believers. Mm because of the, what God's created rather than what activities they've done or what we've kind of gone, oh, that was awesome what you did for me, and, mm. which is that kind of external affirmation that we normally experience and need, isn't it? Yeah, and, mm. and I, I could be I could be wrong on this. Um, I feel like <laughs> I, re- I read a book about this, but I, I do feel like that so often Paul's prayers for, um, for um, the people that he's writing to, the churches that he's writing to, so often start with yeah. the reality yeah. of who they are in Christ. yeah. yeah. And again, that sort of external, because Pete's not Pete's not saying, "Oh, we're so glad for who who you've created yourself to be." No, that's right. You know, like he's saying, he's saying, "No, we're we're glad for who God has made you to be, the mm. gifts that He's given you, and the way in which that is encouraged." Mm. Uh, you know, that that has edified the saints here mm. and, mm. and reached out to others through through this community. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I think Paul does start his prayers with the. I, every I always remember you in all my prayers, thanking God, or mm. I always thank God in my prayers for you. Is that mm. the first point of call? And particularly when you know like some of the churches like the Corinthians who were mm. really like a church we would not attend, mm. um, and yet he's finding thankfulness is seeing God's grace because of what he's done. So, mm. yeah. Um, now, Al, because we've got you uh, today and mm. with your uh, youth works and uh, kind of experience and expertise, I thought it was an opportunity we couldn't pass up to chat a little bit about mm. where you see all this kind of, um, identity, affirmation sort of stuff, particularly playing out uh, for our youth because often they're the, the sort of the, the breaking edge of new mm. cultural shifts. They're the mm. first to kind of experience and respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just thoughts on how you're seeing it particularly play out amongst youth? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's worth saying YouthWorks is the, the uh, Anglican Church in Sydney's youth and children's ministry kind mm. of department. So, you know, we're about seeing effective youth and children's ministry in every church. There's the vision. Um, how do I, I mean, I spent a lot of time going around to churches in, in the Western region of Sydney um, and hearing from youth ministers and identity is a huge issue that mm. is, is uh, becoming bigger and bigger, um, whether that's to do with gender identity or sexuality or actually just other stuff. I, I, I you know, like I, um, I have interacted with, um, uh, oh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell that one. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I just realized this could go out to whoever. But um, identity is a massive thing. And um, and the way in, you know, this idea that we can identify, we can curate ourselves. That's that's huge. That I mean, we breathe that air and, and you know, the concentration of that in the air that the that, um, youth particularly and even kids as well mm. um are breathing it's it's much more much, so so much more going on yeah so it's it's like i mean particularly we're aware of the big kind of gender mm-hmm. kind of you know define who you are who you identify as mm. um we see it in social media that desire to kind of project um happy you know attractive cool kind of thing um body body image issues would be another area mm. i imagine just that i had a people perceive me i need the affirmation um there are other kind of ones that you're seeing that I haven't touched on there. Um, 
uh, I had a thought and it slipped my mind. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but the um, like absolutely, that's, that's what I was going to say is that yes, there's the gender identity thing. But I think what I want to say though is that that is, that is a subset of a much, much bigger thing mm. that's going on in society. And so I, our wrestle for identity is a thing that happens at all levels with all sorts of mm. questions and that is one edge of it and mm. it, it's mm. a particularly relevant one at the moment mm. um, for a lot of people. But, yeah, that, that idea that there's so many questions and, I mean, one of the trends that, that I think I've seen particularly with young people is um, and, and as that issue has become more and more prevalent is, is that uh, our society really wants young people to decide real quick who they are because that, that's that is the good life you know like that mm. is the the goal of being human is to kind of go this is who i am mm. um and that it's interesting and unique and that mm. kind of thing and so young people are being rushed and um i've been encouraging youth ministers out there to take the pressure off mm. um mm. because what we can do is inadvertently kind of push young people when we rush them to make decisions whether it's yeah, yeah. It's about even Christian good stuff, like right. push yeah, your decision yeah. to give, give your life to Christ or right. think about ministry or serving. Yeah, because yeah. if, if you make – I mean, Jesus says to count the cost, mm. and, but if you make that decision or any decision about identity too rapidly without having really wrestled, actually that that portion of your identity is, is much more um, uh, susceptible to being brittle. So when yeah. it's challenged to break. Yes. Um, and so – that's my big challenge to, or my, my big, my advice, I guess, to to youth ministers and children's ministers, is that it's okay, um, slow down, trust God, mm. don't leave them to their own devices, mm. do the journey with them, mm. but you don't have to rush them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, do the long term relational discipleship. And often that's got, I imagine, like uh, as a parent of teenagers, I can mm-hmm. identify with this, and I think for. Youth mission is there's an anxiety there about like if I don't, mm-hmm. they're left around and I, and I need to kind of what, what are you going to do? Where, where are you going to be? And it's yeah. our own anxiety that's projected onto right. them. Yeah. And then rather than I think I hear you saying let them breathe a bit mm-hmm. more with who they are mm-hmm. under God mm-hmm. um, and to really kind of put down the deep roots of mm. belonging to Jesus, which will then bear the, the appropriate fruit in God's time. Yeah, and yeah. we're we're talking about teenagers here, mm-hmm. but I, I think so crucially, and I'm so thankful that Sam has. You know, got together the um, the library and that kind of thing to help to help us as parents with the younger crew, yeah. because you know we're talking about teenagers, but but these sort of habits of faith formation, um, they need to be needs to be a slow burn from when you're young, mm. um, because that then equips you as a mm. parent and as a teenager mm. for when these you know their identity mm. crises when mm. they come to to kind of be able to go oh okay I'm gonna work through this I've got I've got the you know, I've got the Heidelberg Catechism sort of yeah, in my, in, yeah, my, right. in my head. Um, I've got some pegs to hang my hat on and I can start to mm. think through this and wrestle with it properly. Mm. And, you know, as a parent, but also we, you know, we love youth leaders, we love kids leaders, we love, you know, the godparents and whoever else that are part of the lives of these young people um, to do the journey with them. Mm. Um, it's, mm. yeah, really important. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. And I think a great way to finish, um, really helpful what you've shared there. Can um, I say one yes, more thing? Yes, please. Um, as I think about this idea of being known by God and, you know, yet still loved, it just is the, the greatest picture of the gospel, mm. you know. Um, we, we, we owe God everything yet can give him nothing. Mm. Um, in fact, we deserve, we deserve wrath mm. and yet 
he still loves us. Mm. Uh, and so if we, it would be remiss of us, I think, to talk about all this really great meaty stuff mm. without kind of reflecting just for a moment on the gravity of the cross. Because that's, how we, that's mm. how we are known by God yeah, is through yeah, the cross, yeah. as it says in Galatians. That's how it makes it possible. And I think that and there's a great in the, the book, which we've kind of been reading for the series, um, You Are Not Your Own uh, by Alan Noble. He has a great line. He says, all of us have that longing for someone to really see us. Mm. And smile upon us. Mm. And so he's saying that's what we discover in Jesus mm. is that God sees us and smiles upon us. Mm. Um, and uh, wow, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. that really takes root. So uh, praying that uh, that's that's something we all grab hold of deeply and it shapes our lives. Mm. Thanks, Al. Thank you for your time and for sharing so helpfully with us today. Uh, that's all for today's episode. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you found this resource helpful, we encourage you to connect with us at nowest.org.